Thank you for listening to another episode of the Grit for 60 podcast. But first, uh, a quick ad read here from our friends over at MyBookie Online. As you guys know, there's no other sport like hockey, from the fast tempo to the fights to the highlight reel plays, and there's no better way to make it more exciting than betting on it. By understanding the details of each team and game, you can turn that knowledge into cash with MyBookie.ag. Nobody gives you more ways to win than they do. MyBookie has the best payouts and better odds than any other sports book. I wouldn't be telling you this if they weren't the best. You can risk a little or a lot on as many games as you want, and with Christmas around the corner, there are daily gifts, free plays, free spins, and more. If you join now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $100, you receive an extra $50 free money to play with. Deposit $200, get an extra $100, you get it. Just use the promo code THPN to activate the offer and take advantage of this. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of the Grip for 60 podcast. My name is Connor Farrell, you can call me TC, and I'm joined by my brother in Gainesville. Hey everyone, I'm Brendan, you can call me TCJ. Uh, welcome to the Grip for 60 podcast. At least that's something edition. So the Jets have points in two straight games. Why don't I feel excited about that? Well, because they really needed the two points tonight. So we are recording this immediately after um, the Jets lost to the Nashville Predators. Um, yeah, the, I mean, Jets just absolutely could not buy a goal tonight. Yeah, it's it's been a pretty depressing last couple of days in – uh, the Jets fandom. Yeah. Um, I, I was going to say in the peg, but we're not in the peg. So um, I, I, I didn't feel like appropriating the peg. <laughs> we're, we're not in the peg, but we are talking about the peg. I guess. Do you think someone already has shirts that say the peg on them? I'm sure. I'm sure there are. Um, but let's get into let's get into tonight's game. Yeah. So a a two one loss in overtime to Nashville, where they really needed those two points. Did did did, did Connor Hellbuck just get out goalied? No, not really. I mean, I I guess like Saros was really good, but. When you only allow one goal in regulation, I have a hard time saying that you got help goalied. Yeah. Um, 
And, and it's not, I mean, you can't win in overtime if, if you don't take a shot. That's, uh, I mean, that's generally some, true. Some deep analysis there, but like, true if big. The the judge did not register a shot in that overtime. So I mean, yeah, yeah. Basically, what we've learned lately is that if it goes to anything other than five on five, the Jets are up a creek without a paddle. Yeah, that I mean. I know how important five on five is, but like, you gotta get something else, man. You know, you know what they say when your special teams are special. Well, this is special the wrong way. Yeah, I was gonna say it's, it's a uh, it's it's a spectrum. It's <laughs> yeah, uh, the Jets are at the wrong end. Yeah. Um. I did see some promising things in today's game, though. Yeah, the Jets have generally been a functional hockey team since the All-Star break. Granted, very small sample size. Right. But still at least a not completely horrible hockey team. Right. Um, how about Mason Appleton, though? It seems to be the story of today's game. Gets promoted up into that second line and does well, does really well. Yeah, like his goal, nice, nice job getting some open ice, hard drive into the net and kind of into the goal tender, I guess. I don't know if he actually made contact or what. Counts. But it yeah. counts. Yeah. Good stuff. I was also okay, so I know my mantra this season has been I don't have the energy to care about guys who play seven minutes a night. Yeah. But Jets fourth line, you have my attention. There were, there were a few different spells in this game where the Jets had a bunch of pressure in the offensive zone, and it was a lot due to that hard work of that fourth line, just keeping the puck in, winning battles, creating chances. Like They, they could have had two or three goals as a line, which from your fourth line is – pretty good but they didn't score so i'm glad that you're are. now a believer in the coursey god that is nick shore <laughs> under underappreciated nick shore i mean but honestly how much how much worse has this fourth line been than like even the third line or even like the first line hasn't been great this season i'd argue our second line has been better than our first line but You know what I mean? Like, yeah. To me, Nick Shore is the Andrew Cop of the fourth line. Nick Shore is Andrew Cop. <laughs> <laughs> Underappreciated drives play. Yeah. You know the only reason why the only reason why Nick Shore doesn't play more is that he he doesn't get points. Well, that's a pretty big part of the game there. Yeah, but I mean, he does a lot of you know he's a, he's a Perfectly serviceable bottom six forward. Brendan, they only played six minutes in this game. Shh. I think they spent all. I think they spent five out of those six minutes in the attacking zone because, of course, they did. But you know, it's the fourth line. So, what is Paul Maurice going to do? 
ride Mark Shifley for 25 minutes, apparently. Did Shifley get 25 minutes? That's what NHL.com is telling me. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm yeah. looking at his line getting 15 uh, – Shifley, Connor, and line A getting 15 minutes. But if Shifley's playing special teams, maybe that's part of that? Yeah, Shifley played almost five and a half minutes of power play time plus another 30 seconds of shorthanded time. <sighs> Kyle Connor. Maybe that's almost, why his stick broke in overtime. Kyle Connor played almost 24. Oh, my goodness. Where is that getting us, Brennan? Where is that getting us? Apparently outside the playoffs. That's, that's where it's getting us. Although they, that line, Connor Shifley, line A, had an expected goals percentage of 79% today, so that's something. Let me, yeah. let me, look, let me, let me read these off here. The Nick Shore line that we love, expected goals percent of 86%. 87% rounding that up. Well, we're, yeah, we're talking about seven minutes here, but keep going. Uh, Blake Wheeler's line, 71%. So we've got 79, 86, and 71% on those three lines. The Andrew Kopp, Roslovic line. Yeah, not, not a good night for them. 14%. Not yeah, good for them. Not, not, but, not good. I mean, how you get those expected goals percentages and lose is – wild to me to think about yeah no i i just totally agree with you was, was um, soros just that dominant tonight or could the jets just not finish to save their lives I yes like there's a little bit of both yes i mean it, the weird thing is is that yes the jets according to natural statric had like the lion's share of expected goals it was 2.39 to 1.6 in favor of the Jets or 59, roughly 60 to 40% in favor of the Jets. But that mostly came in the first two periods. Like their second period was, was crazy good. The second period was fantastic. And the other, two no periods were, the other two periods were pretty 50, 50. Right. But also, can I just mention that ridiculous save on the two on O in the first period that Connor Hellebuck had. Yes. I feel like that was, that play was almost the sort of like definition of like shooting luck, you know, like I feel like it's kind of hard to explain to people like what that really means. <laughs> right. Cause it's still, it's totally a skill, right. But there's also some luck involved in the sense that, God, I don't even remember who shot it for Nashville, but he like Hellebuck is just like kind of just standing there. And he just so happens to stick his arm out, and it hits his blocker, and it goes into the netting. Like, that's kind of a nice. bullshit save, but, like, I'm also, like, not very many people are making that, so. Yeah, right. You know, it wasn't, like, one of those, like, dramatic, like, you know, where he pushes across and, like, lunges and reaches out of his, out of his arm. His blocker's just there in, like, the right place at the right time. Um, also, uh, shout out to Lucas Visa and Anthony Pateo for doing absolutely fucking nothing on that play. Yeah. What, did you expect those two to actually, you know, play hockey? No, but I'm still disappointed anyway. <laughs> I expect nothing. I'm still disappointed. Exactly. That's, um, that's what I was going for. You know what the Jets didn't have enough of today? What? 
point shots. If they had more point shots, they would have scored goals. Because you know what? If you had watched the games, you would know that point shots work. Okay. okay. <laughs> you know who fired a shit ton of point shots? Um, Nashville. Nashville just, like, fired off a bunch of shots on the point. Yeah. They generated some chances around the around the slot, but a lot of well, a lot of point shots. A very Pete DeBoer offense. Tell me, does Pete DeBoer's offense work? Well, when you have Brent Burns there at Carlson, yeah. But does it actually work? How is that working out in San Jose right now? No, oh, it's Bob Boone's offense now. But. Okay. How was that working in San Jose this season before? Oh, not great. It also yeah. doesn't work when you don't have Joe Pavelski anymore. Yes. Um, but my whole point was that, you know, the, we, we talk a lot about point shots and how the Jets have creating tried to create offense from the perimeter. Tonight they had a lot of shots from the middle of the ice, which is interesting. But, you know, they didn't get any goals to, to show for it, so I'm sure they're going to go right back to perimeter shots because all hockey coaches are turds. You're really, uh, you're really stuck on it, aren't you? I am. What the whole turd thing or the shooting location? The turd thing. Yes, I'm trying to make it a thing. It's not working. But you need a bigger like Twitter presence or something. I don't have a very big Twitter presence. The problem is, I think I'm in too many Twitter circles. Hmm. But I don't actually tweet my own stuff, so. My problem is that since I help run like all the alligator stuff, uh, at least the sports side of it, plus my own Twitter, I'm just kind of exhausted by like actually coming up with good tweets and everything. I mean, but you also have to be professional and all that, which you know. Yeah, you say that, but like, I feel like most of my tweets when I'm not like live tweeting a game, like they're just straight up shit posts. <laughs> like I tweeted out like the the Spider-Man meme, and I was like, 2017. Uh, Kyle Shanahan versus 2020 Kyle Shanahan. I just like the fact that you, you just got into an argument with um, friend of the pod, Brian, today about whose team is worse. Yeah, yeah. And while the game is happening. Yeah, you know, I, I just like looking for fun new ways to interact with people. That's – anyway – that was that was I good fun that we came had. At him with, I literally came at him with charts. And yeah, goes, why you gotta you, come you, up with charts? Yeah, you came at the chart guy with charts. That was that was not. <laughs> well, but I, it's because I knew I could find a chart that had the Jets logo right next to a word that said bad. Well, yeah, my favorite was still like Sean Tierney tweeted out the one that was like the their rolling expected goals for percentage for the season. And it's like they've been better, a lot better lately, which moves up their effective goals from like 43% to like 46%, which is still like horrible. It's not good. It's not good. But hey, they've been better lately. So I don't know if – I don't know if they can keep that up over the course of the rest of the regular season. But hey, if they do or show any semblance of that, uh, maybe maybe they start getting back into things. It's not – so not a total loss yet. You know, you said they, they've been playing better, but, you know, it would really make them better? Oh, don't go there. You know it would really make them better? Oh, please don't go there. 
I'm assuming you're talking about Dustin Bufflin. Oh, no, I was going to say point shots. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. No, I think that was funnier because you brought up Dustin Bufflin before I could hit my punchline. I was going to um, say, I was like, you're making this really disrespectful. Nope. nope. Point shots. When am I ever disrespectful on this podcast? Actually, I'm Other not. than when I'm talking to you. <laughs> what? I mean, we're talking about you calling everybody that runs the NHL a bunch of turds. And I think Tell that's me I'm disrespectful. wrong. Well, you can be both disrespectful and correct. <laughs> like, like nobody said that you were wrong. I'm just saying that probably I wouldn't consider calling Look, somebody a turd very respectful. That's a good point. I mean it out of love, though, because I want them to do better. Um, do you have any more thoughts on this game? No, I think we touched on on pretty much everything that we wanted to talk about. I have one more thought. Okay. Fuck Victor Arvidsson for that. I mean, like he he you can you can see the stick. You can see his stick lock uh, around Kulikov's legs as they go into the boards. Like fuck off with that. Fuck right off with that. Do you do you remember the play I'm talking about where Kulikov? I think so. Had to slide into the boards because Victor Arvidsson was checking him from behind. And on the replay, you can clearly see Victor Arvidsson lock his stick between Kulikov's legs, and Kulikov has to go off. I mean, like he got the penalty for it, obviously, but like you're crossing the line from making a play into the boards and like. Seriously, putting a guy's health in, at risk. No, I, t- I totally get it. Here's the uh, h- here's one last point I will I will make before we move on. Um, but Sammy Nikki had a decent night and reduced minutes. He, he started the the second period with like the Ellers line in front of him. Like I'm like, oh, I'm proud of my boy. Right, like you need more, you need more nights like tonight from him. I think his minutes disappeared in the third period, but he was good in the second. It looks to me like he only had a handful of of shifts, so it looks like you're right. Look, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but my my powers of observation once again prevail. Which are totally infallible, by the way. Uh, Totally infallible. They're right this time. But no, he finished over 50% in coursing four percentage. Let's go. Yeah. And also in expected goals. He was a positive and relative coursing four percentage. Uh, a, slight, a slight negative and relative but expected goals four percentage. But baby steps. Everybody's asking. I can already hear them typing away in the comments. What was his plus minus for the night? Oh, please stop. <laughs> I'm sure it was zero because there were only three goals in the game. I don't think he was on the ice for any of them. No, I think he got an assist maybe on the the. You are you are correct. He got an assist. So plus one probably. Yes, he was a plus one. There you go. 
that's all I have from this game. Brennan, I think you've told me that I'm right more times in this pod than you have ever told me that I'm right. Listen, I'm tired. I'm going – I have a lot of stuff on my plate right now, so that's probably why. Well, I, same. I, I almost tripped – or I basically tripped on two sets of stairs today about five minutes apart, so. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. And, Get and, it together. Yeah, if you needed any indication of where my life is right now, that was that was it. I need knees to chest when you're going upstairs, I guess. But for you, that's a pretty long distance. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a long way to bring your knee. <laughs> oh, that doesn't make sense because they don't know that I'm like over six feet. <laughs> <laughs> Not only you're 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 tall and lanky too, which makes it visually more ridiculous yeah so um luckily luckily it was only on like the last like three stairs so if i had fallen on my face it wasn't going to be a total disaster where do we go where do we go all right buffling where do we go now we probably should have done this at the front of the show but that's buffling Okay. Can, uh, where do we go? Can you, Sorry. Still, can you like not get us a copyright strike here? Oh, I didn't. I forgot that was a thing. It probably isn't because we're not actually playing the song. You're just singing it, so I think we're okay. But bots, man, though. I mean, Bufflin. I don't sound that much like Axl Rose. Um. So Dustin Bufflin. Yes. So the Jets and Dustin Bufflin are taking steps to mutually part ways. If I'm reading this correct. Yep. Um, so can they still trade his rights or has that ship sailed? I don't think so. I mean, like, I guess they technically can because they haven't gone ahead with the, um, contract termination, whatever. But no one's going to give them shit. Yeah. No one's, no one's going to like make a trade for that. Yeah. Plus, I don't know if he's actually going to still play after this or what. So I guess my big question is if $7 million comes off of their cap hit, do we want to see them spend this cap money, this trade deadline? Like I'm kind of in the camp of like, I understand they need to bring somebody in. Like they have to bolster this defense, but can we maybe ride this one out? Because maybe that money is better spent in the summer. Hear me out. <laughs> you see, if the Sharks just retain salary on Brent Burns. Kidding. You want Brent Burns I'm kidding. to come? I'm kidding. It was a joke. Um, but first of all, I want to at least acknowledge that um, I know that there are a lot of like Jets fans pretty upset about everything because, like, oh yeah, you know, Dustin Bufflin has been with the team since they were in Atlanta. Yeah. Sorry, I, I jumped into analytics way too quickly there. No, you're good. You're good. I, I did just want to throw that out there. You know, and it leaves – I think it's just Brian Little and Blake Wheeler as the only original Thrashers. You mean original Jets? Well, that too, but they were you – know, they they're, they were... they're the only holdovers from the Atlanta era of the franchise. I was gonna, I, well, I, my point was that there were probably Thrashers before them. Yeah but I get what your point. I get what you mean. So, um, yeah. 
you know, I mean, like, obviously, like, Bufflin had a great career in Winnipeg. Yeah. You know, he's kind of, I guess, along with Blake Wheeler, like, their first real star that they had since moving to Winnipeg. And I know this is the first thing that a lot of people bring up, but I will never forget him just grabbing a player in each hand and just throwing them around, basically. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like a like a dad separating his fighting children. Like, you always knew where, where Big Buff was on the ice. Yeah. That would be so – I mean, that would be game-changing for this team to have a presence like that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, unfortunately, the situation is what it is. Yeah, like there was obviously a time where Bufflin was among the best in the league. Well, maybe like the top tier, but he was always in like that really, like that really solid tier of NHL defensemen. Right. Um, Plus, he did the weird uh, Brent Burns thing of going from forward to defenseman. Yeah, because he was. I think he, he was still a forward. I think in Chicago when they won a cup. So, and then he got traded to Atlanta. I guess this just reminds me that, like, you know, we, we get so attached to some of these players, and we don't really realize, like, it's, it can be very sudden whenever they decide or whenever circumstances dictate that it's time for your favorite player to leave the team, whether that's through – I mean, whether that means he's they're going to play for someone else or they're retiring or whatever it is, like enjoy the games that you you get to watch with your favorite favorite players on on your team. Like it can it can be very special to watch these guys, and you just never know what might happen in a, a few months or so. Like yeah. this this industry changes so quickly. Mm-hmm. I don't really blame. Uh, like, I don't really blame Bufflin for really anything here. Like, No, absolutely yeah. not. There was a – I forget who it was that wrote it, but it was like he was really thinking that he was going to retire. And then, you know, the GM sat down with him, and they were like, you know, we'd really like he'd come back and change his mind. And just everything sort of happened. And, uh, you know, yeah, it, like, sucks that – the Jets could have used that cap space over the off season, but uh, I don't think anyone should really hold no. any of what happened against them. No, absolutely. I mean, it's, yeah, the timing is unfortunate, but I, I mean, it's, I don't want to assume what was going on in his head, but I can, I can imagine thinking, okay, I can come back for one more season and then getting to training camp and being like, actually, this is terrible or this is not a good idea. Right. Right. But again, I don't know what was going on inside his head. So I don't want to assume anything. Um, it's just, just sucks, man. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, I did want to throw that out there because I know that, you know, Jets fans are super attached to this team and Buffalo was a big part of it for, for a while. So. And this does, I guess, getting back to the analytic side of this, it does make things a little bit easier at the trade deadline if you're going to bring someone in. But again, I don't think the Jets are in much of a position to try to 
trade assets for um any well trade they're not in a position to trade assets even if they're going to get NHL talent I don't think but well it could uh it could put them in a position to take on a a quote bad unquote uh contract for like a year or two and receive assets in return but uh, we'll we'll have to see well it better come off the book before Line's next contract or Kyle Connors. Or Cop's or next contract. And Cop come pretty cheap. Kyle Connor is on the books until 2026. Oh, right. Sorry. I, I thought for some reason that because they both signed at like no. pretty similar times that they were they had the same duration. I'm just I'm just nope. a little dumb. Nope. Line A 2021. Roslovic 2021. No, Line A 2022. Roslovic 2021. Cop 2022. Uh, Niku 21. I think those are the important ones. Well, if Mason Appleton gets any better, 2021, that's gonna that could be a big payday for him. If he sticks in the second line role and excels in it. Yeah, but I mean But that's that's a still a lot. Most of most of the contracts that Winnipeg has up at the end of the season are pretty cheap. If you know, there are even players that they'll bring back. I mean, shoot, they've got six healthy defensemen whose contracts are up at the end of the season. So, but hey, it, you know, the only good news is that it does give them some flexibility moving forward. But you know, difficult difficult times in the bag. Yeah, do not. I do not envy this front office staff right now. Even if yeah. they are a bunch of turds. Yeah, I mean, when you're you've only won like what one playoff game in like ten years. Oof. Not it's not quite ten, but it's still. Oof. Or, I'm sorry. When you've only won like two series since what the beginning yeah. of the 2011 season. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of pressure on the front office at that point. But, yeah, certainly interesting times, at least, uh, especially as you move towards the trade deadline. You know, at least you have a better idea of what you can do, and, you know, you have some more space. But, you know, obviously, there are things that are a little more important to, to fans right now with Duff and Bufflin than oh, look, we got more cap space. Right. But anyway, um, did you have any other closing notes you wanted to finish this episode with? Um, well, every game is important. Uh, so beat the Blues. Go out to beat the Blues. Take care of business against Ottawa. And then a super important game against Chicago. Like... Yeah, they have a they have a really they have a really manageable schedule coming up. I mean, it's basically every well the weekend is back to back, but it's basically every other day leading up to that. Um, yeah, but I mean, you have two games against Chicago. I mean, those both are at home, which that yeah. should be winnable. You've got three teams, or sorry, four teams in the bottom of the standings with the Rangers. Yep. 
the Sharks, yep. the Kings, and the Senators. Yep. yep, Senators twice. A, that's right. Yeah, you got two games against the Senators. You play the Flyers towards the end of the month, which could be surging at that point. God knows who what, what's going on with the Flyers at any given moment. <laughs> Beats me. Uh, and then you have the Sabers before things kind of ramp up a little bit with two games against the Capitals and the Oilers to close out the month. Well, you know, but, Buffalo by this point. It probably will have traded uh, Eichel and Ristolainen for Drew Couturier, Carter Hart, uh, and Shane Gossespierre. So yeah, what, what was that even from? I, I saw it on Twitter. I somebody I followed was like, "Yeah, this is a stupid thing. Like, what are you doing?" And I was like, "That is really dumb." I couldn't tell if he was joking or not. It doesn't look like a sarcat or a satire account, uh, but it, it could just be a well placed troll. I don't know. But my point is, though, is that from here, the next basically like three weeks are pretty manageable. Like if you can't if you can't bank points against some of those teams, like you don't even deserve to be in the playoff contention. I think those Chicago games. I mean, I know they're going to be huge, but. Those could be pretty pretty tricky, I think. Right. But say you get like three out of four points and you take care of business against, you know, the Senators twice. And yep. then let's say the Sharks and the and the Rangers. Yeah, you know, you're putting yourself well, in a pretty good position. I think this team can win out of the Sharks, Rangers, and Kings games. I think this team could probably win two of those three games. I don't know which two. I don't know if I have the confidence in this team for them to win all three. Right. Especially since all these are at home, basically. Right. Thursday hey, game against the Blues make me nervous. Maybe they'll figure out how to win at home. Maybe. But yeah, I would sacrifice a, a win Today's against the Sharks and or the Kings in order to get a win against the Blues and the Blackhawks. So, all right, you got any other closing comments? Nope. Uh, I think I'm good as well. So, cool. With that being said, be sure to check out the Hockey Podcast Network's page. Um, you know, because they're always running different promotions and stuff. And plus, you can check out the other team's content from there. Uh, feel free to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at GridPer60Pod. Um, and, you know, share the pod with your friends. Let us know. Uh, be sure to keep an eye out on, um, I believe, the Hockey Podcast Network starting to experiment with team-specific feeds rather than the one giant feed. So, I guess keep an eye out on that. And, yeah. Um, so, Once again, thank you for listening and have a good one. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.